You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out a bad seat, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad day, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palatial right across the river and through the woods from where Granny stole all my gummy bears when she was drinking bottles of vino in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do, but all my friends that come around, flights of flights of party up, brats on the west side, bed bugs up down, what a mess, this town's a tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do, be shake out, ooh, hey, what's gigging, it's Pharrell with Mafia tonight, claw with a drive and a dunk, anyway, I thought the uh, heat, how you like them apples, win in overtime over the Celtics, 117-114 was amazing. You know, obviously on Coast to Coast today, I uh, was all over the heat to win outright and getting the one and a half, the double cover, com. That's what's up. And I also, uh, you know, fully respect the Celtics. I think they're a really good team. They're absolutely no joke. Tatum is just a mother Pharreller. The guy is just going off. He had 30 and 14 with five dimes. The guy was sensational. But when it mattered most, he went to the 10 down two, 116, 114, and he got swatted by Bam out of Io. I mean, on a dunk attempt, swatted flush. And it was just an unbelievable stop and block. And I said on the show today on Sports Grid TV that. Their defense is unbelievable, and it really is. The whole game, I thought, defensively on both sides was remarkable. Uh, a lot of steals, a lot of hands getting in the way and, and stripping balls and going the other way. Just incredible tough possessions from both teams. It could have gone either way. Uh, at the end of regulation, in overtime, it was just a phenomenal game. We'll talk about it tonight on the bench. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Rick Haro on this hour uh, with our sports uh, power of sports five and our sports tech for uh, this week. And then uh, that's coming up this hour. Next hour, Alex Solano from QAM in uh, Miami, a buddy of ours from uh, Hockman and Crowder, a really popular show in Miami. Uh, Alex does a lot of shows there as well. He uh, runs their show and then uh, does their show uh, all the time. So he's their uh, resident NBA guy. And we'll talk about the heat when I just uh, I was just blown away by that game. You know, I, I think that it's uh, just a fabulous series. They're both so good. And you just knew I, I felt like, you know, going into it, that it was going to be a great game. Right. And I said that on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid uh, today. I was just like, it's just that, you know, they play defense on both ends. Uh, they Both teams are good uh, on, you know, offense and defense. They take really good uh, shots. They move the ball well. They play, you know, motion, pick and roll. They do everything. They, you know, they play basketball the way it's meant to be played, both teams. I think the Heat uh, move freely. I think they take, uh, you know, really good looks. I thought tonight they didn't. I thought they came out of the uh, box uh, very sluggishly early. I thought, you know, frankly, that the Celtics didn't take advantage of it as much as they could have. I, I actually think that in the first quarter, the the Heat were so cold and so out of whack that I thought that Boston didn't take advantage of that. And I think Boston could have been up you know, 22 points, 25 points. That's how, that's how, you know, they were hitting every shot they took Boston and, you know, the heat were just terrible. And then when it was all said and done, you know, they were able to really kind of weather the storm, you know, if you will. And then when it was all uh, over, like, you know, at the end of the first, you know, I got to look it up here exactly uh, what the number was. Because uh, I want to get it down to a T, but at the end it was a um, it was just they were down uh, eight, you know. And I honestly thought that like at one point you understand it was like twenty four to thirteen, twenty one eleven. You know they were just killing them, and then they let them back in the game. You know what I mean? Like I thought uh, they had them right where they wanted them, and then. You know, if you if you look at it, uh, they were 
They were up 11 early in the second. Uh, they were up 11 midway uh, or with, you know, 10 left in the, in the second. They were up 10 with uh, nine left. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got about seven and a half minutes left. It was 36, 31. And then by uh, 643, it was 37, 34. And then, it, you know, at 623, it was 38, 37. And then the Heat had the lead on a Butler six foot uh, shot. And Hero had the assist on that. And then they were in the game. It was tied at 42s. And then, you know, when the quarter was over, I think it was tied 55 at the half. And it, and it was. And then, you know, if you look at it realistically, uh, the Heat were up 57, 55, 57, 56, 59, 56, and then 61, 56. And then the Celtics took the lead back on a, on a Kemba 26-foot-3 in the third with 735 left. Then they went up 65-61 to Celtics. And then the Heat took the lead back on a hero layup. I think that was the um, Euro step layup that he made. 66-65 Miami. Then Smart 2 makes it 67-66. And then, you know, basically... Um, they got it up to 74-69, 77-69. They were up 80 to 71. They were up 83-71. So they were up uh 12 at the end of three. And I guess my point is, how do you blow that lead? You're up 12 at the end of three. And, you know, honestly, it it was the same thing. They were up 13 in the fourth. And then they let them get back in it. The next thing you know, or, you know, at one point they were up 11 with nine and a half left. Then, you know, you got nine left. It's a six point game. You got 840 left. It's an eight point game, a 10 point game with eight minutes left. And then you're up nine with seven and a half left. And then next thing you know, there's six and a half left in a minute. You're down four Miami. They were down 94-90. So, and then how about this? Five left. They're up six on a Brown 17-footer for the Celtics. But Drogic makes two free throws. It's a four-point game. They're up on a on a Walker uh, free throws, 101-95. And it was just crazy. Jimmy Butler makes a step back, Jay, with 22 seconds left. They got the lead, 106-105. Then that horrible call. I thought the Derek Jones foul away from the ball uh, near the free throw line on an inbounds pass, and they called a tech, and they let Tatum shoot a free throw that ties the game, and then he misses a 27-footer, a three, to win the game. At the end of regulation, they go to overtime, and then the Heat beat him. So I guess my point is, to be honest, how many leads did Boston have in this game? How many, you know... 12-point leads, 10-point leads, 9-point leads. I mean, it is absolutely beyond me how they let it, you know, slip away. You can't, if you're in Boston right now, and I know the market well. I was on the radio there. I am on the radio there. I've been on there forever. I know these uh, fans. I know these reporters. They all come on my show. And there's no way that they're not saying tonight, Mafia, that uh, they should have won that game. They should have won the game. You're up 12, 15, you know. I mean, how many leads do you have in the game? I mean, from the beginning of the game until literally 
the fourth quarter, they were in charge of that game and they just wouldn't finish him off. They couldn't finish him off. And wouldn't and couldn't, woulda, coulda, shoulda, couldn't get it done. And the Heat just kept digging and digging and digging until they finally found the gold. And they got it done. And then what was the key? The key, Mafia, was their defense. They they started making stops. They started getting stops. And then they would make the bucket at the other end, whether it was a hero three, whether it was, uh, you know, Drogic, Drogic was unbelievable in a game. I think he had like 29 or something like that. All I know, all I know is that, that, you know, they just kept coming at him and they eventually, and then, you know, you win it on a Bam Adebayo block shot on Tatum. It's unbelievable that they stole that game. Yeah, it is. Because like you said, you know, the way that he, the heat came out in that game, it looked like, you know, a situation where you have the team that's played and the team that's been off a week where the heat just were off. And we haven't seen that at all from them in the playoffs. All that rest, their shots weren't falling. They were off. They didn't even seem like they knew what they were doing on the court half the time, kind of running around in the wrong spot. And Boston was getting those 50-50 balls. They were making the uh, tough plays, the diving for balls, you know, loose ball plays, offensive rebounds, the hustle plays. Boston was lighting it up. And then for some reason, they took Tatum out. And once Tatum went out in the first quarter for a little bit of rest, Everything slowed down, and that's where, you know, it still wasn't a tight game or anything like that point. It was still an eight-point lead at, after the first quarter, like you said, but that's where Miami started to get a little more confidence, and I didn't like the way that they had their offense at the end of that game at all. Like, you, you know, the, the terrible call, as you mentioned, where Kemba pretty much shoves Jones into Smart, and Smart flops because we know he does he that. And then, you know, they give them the, the tie game there, and then the possession by Kemba earlier in, in that, like a couple of possessions earlier where he's just dribbling the ball for like 20 seconds in between his legs, back and forth, and then tries to make the move and had the lane. He blew right by Crowder and then did a jump stop and let him catch up to him. He had the layup, no problem. Blew that. And then the play for uh, Tatum outside. I know the kid's hot. I know he's playing incredible, but that was a terrible three at the end of that game. He was so far out. I know they're switching on him. He had a little space, but you don't need to take it at that point. It was 30 feet out at least, right? I mean, he was at least, he was at least 30 feet out or, you know, at least 28 feet out. It was a bomb. And he hit it off the front of the iron. So that was that. By the way, uh, Denver down two to the Clippers in game seven right now. 56-54 at the half. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams. And I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pharrell with you on the bench, and there's uh, just under five minutes to go in this uh, game five. The Islanders led one nothing, but the Headman goal tied it up in the second. It's one one. 
Four and a half minutes to go. It's simple. If Tampa scores, they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals. If the Islanders score, they'll be at Game 6. That's the stakes here. We already uh, saw the Heat win in overtime. An unbelievable game. And the Game 7 right now has the Clippers up to 56-54 at the half. Rick Haro is our sports business and legal insider on SportsGrid and on Coast to Coast and Pharrell on a Bench. You hear him weekly on both of our shows. Mr. Haro, what did you think of Bam Adebayo's block on Tatum? I hope you saw that tonight. I was watching that. Uh, I was riveted to that. And, uh, um, you know, the, the center they had for, what, half a decade, Whiteside, he wouldn't have left his feet. So they made the right decision. They made the right draft pick. And it's not like any Heat team I've seen. You know, I've 20-year stake in the Heat, 25-year stake in the Heat. This is not LeBron and, and, and Wade and, and Bosch. This is not, uh, you know, anybody else's team. Uh, this, this is Riley's Spolstra's team that plays like a team. It's These guys are fun to watch. Uh, it, it's It's interesting. Because this, this this series will go seven, right? Unless the unless uh, the Celtics completely fall apart, and it'll be a hell of a seven game series. Yeah, I don't see uh, Boston falling apart. I think that you saw tonight. Uh, what uh, you know, I just explained to this audience was what you saw tonight was really a little taste of that. They were up twelve, uh, you know, ten, uh, nine, the entire game, first quarter, fourth quarter, end of the third quarter, up twelve. They let it slip through their fingers. The heat played incredible. They wouldn't die. They kept digging and digging, and then they finally struck uh, oil. and they got, uh, you know, I thought the Butler drive and one on Tatum. and then uh, Tatum last possession, the block by Adebayo, and then he made one of two free throws. and uh, then Tatum almost made a miracle shot on the wing. I thought the Heat stole the game. They should have had no business winning that game. The the Heat trailed most of the game. Uh, they they were tied up one, up two, up four, up five, and then they'd be down ten again. It was unbelievable. I thought the call on Jones was terrible that gave Tatum the free throw to tie the game at 106, and they still found a way to win. The Heat are so good defensively that all all year, all playoff, all bubble, that, uh, that Bam Adebayo would block that shot on the best player on the Celtics going in for a flush dunk. That was so amazing. You can't even make it up. It should have been a movie. Yeah, but isn't it fun to say that there's an NBA team around that plays good defense? It kind of flies against everything the NBA stands for, and it's good to watch. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, I just, uh, I love them. You know I love them. I've been to a million games down there. I like the Heat a lot. I like them. Yeah, I thought, you know, but by I the like, way, but, but, go ahead, I'm sorry. I just like them more than I used to with like, uh, I always liked him with Dwayne Wade, right? And I always would go yeah. see him play when I was down there with you or whoever. Right. And then I, but I like him better now than when they had LeBron and Bosch and and Wade and all of them. Uh, I'll be honest with you because this is like a real basketball team that was built in Riley's image and Spolstra's coaching uh, talents uh, that have a bunch of ballers like that kid Hero. He's he, he doesn't even shave. 
and and Robinson, he got in foul trouble tonight. But let's face facts. That guy can flat out shoot. And then they got all these other pieces. And Butler, I think, was the final piece. And I, Crowder's an amazing defender and three shooter, in my opinion. When it matters most, he'll hit big threes. He did it again tonight. This is like a, a – this isn't some superstar team. This is just a basketball team that plays pure basketball, screens, pick and rolls, ball movement, shot selection, and defense. I couldn't agree more. Like I said, it's a fun team. You know, Alinek and and, and 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 a few of the the guys who were around for a while, and and Riley keeps adding folks. You don't think he would, but he he has. And you're right. Watching Dwayne Wade and Bosch and 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 LeBron, you know, it was three guys back off, get out of the way. One of the guys will go one on one, and they ended up being better than anybody else. But but that's not team basketball. Listen, I won't you won't you won't give the trophies back. But it's still really refreshing to watch. And it's good to hear you support something Miami today, given how you felt about the Hurricanes earlier today. Have you changed I mean, well, your mind about the Louisville see. game? No, let's talk about that in a minute. Let's stay on this for a second. <laughs> okay, we'll, all right. We'll talk, this segment, we'll talk about the Heat and the and the Canes. And then in the next segment, we'll do the Tech and the uh, Sports 5. I want to do uh, – I, I want to ask you another question here. So the fact that they stole that game – and they're up one in the series. And you know they had no business, in my opinion, winning that game. Uh, Robinson gets in foul trouble. Drogic was in foul trouble. He still had 29. He is a absolute pimp. I think Drogic is the best, you know, in my opinion, the two best, frankly, white players in the league are Jokic and Drogic. I mean, uh, the kid on the Nuggets, and the big center, he's unbelievable. And I think this little guard that the Heat have that has been around there since 08 or whatever, uh, or whatever that, oh, 14, however long he's been there. I know he's been there at least six, seven years. And um, I didn't mean 08. Bottom line is, I think they should re-sign him. I know he's got injuries and other problems, but that guy is such a great player for the Miami Heat. It's not even funny. Well, it's a complimentary piece, like you were saying earlier. And I don't think there's any one guy that makes that team. I, I think the beauty of this is, you know, if you lose uh, LeBron James, as you did, and, you know, who wouldn't, then you, you don't uh, – maybe you're not relegated to winning 10 games a year, but you're certainly not going to get to the finals. With this team, uh, it's, uh, you could, it's five, six guys. They're not all equal, but you're right. It's a, it's a team concept, and, uh, and Riley – uh, he looks old in the suite, but you know everybody does with a mask on. But he is old, <laughs> so but but you know Miami owes a debt of gratitude to him. I remember our earlier days when uh, Ron Rothstein coached the team when I was kind of the first guy there, and and we lost 19 in a row out of the box. What a great season to be 0 and 19. People don't remember that, uh, but uh, you know if you're going to remember the Dolphins' undefeated season, you're going to remember the Heat 0 and 19 out of the box. I remember. And what about uh, what did you think of like how many they got nine steals against them? Right. So they turn yeah. the ball over. I, I thought, you know, a lot. And, you know, I guess at the end of the day, they had, I think, 12 turnovers, 12 turnovers. And they got uh, they gave up nine steals. I can't believe how many turnovers and steals that they let happen. And just kept making mistakes. Like Adebayo got stripped. Uh, Hero got stripped a few times. Uh, Crowder got stripped. I, I just couldn't believe how, like, Wanamaker was making all these plays. Walker and Smart. And Smart was just drilling threes. I couldn't believe with all the turnovers and steals they allowed that they won the game. 
I was just about to turn it off and go to some other stuff when they were down consistently, as you said, 10, 8, 12. And then all of a sudden, you're fighting back at 6, it's 3. Uh, all of, and, you know, Jimmy Butler makes his shot. Uh, Dragic is there, and and it's uh, it's one of those sneaky wins. You said it. You said it right. They they stole the win. Shouldn't have won it, but they're up one zero. All right, one twenty three left in the uh, third period, and a power play, a high stick. They got blood, so it's a four minute power play, and it'll carry over into overtime. I I believe. Uh, Mafia, that four-minute power play. So the Lightning are on a four-minute because it drew blood. It was a high stick that drew blood. So they have four minutes here to try to score the game winner and uh, go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, This is huge because the Islanders are up against it now, and this is the fastest-moving, passing, uh, quick. uh, They're like the Russian Red Army, except they're in blue, the Lightning, and they do serious damage when they get on that power play. Now they got a huge chance. They got a minute nine left in this period, and they got uh, they'll have three minutes or whatever left, and you know change when it's uh, into overtime, unless I'm mistaken. But here's the deal: uh, I have to ask you, why do you believe so uh, greatly in the Canes blowing out Louisville? Eleven points is you said they'd win by eleven. That's a blowout to me on the road. If you go on the road well, and beat them by eleven, that's that's a blowout. I love their quarterback, and I love the leadership, maybe because we haven't had one for a while. And so he'll make up for a lot of indiscretions, like their line needs about four or five more games to get really good. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll break a couple of long runs. Their defense looks better. When Russo decided to go to the draft, we thought that the defensive line was going to be just pathetic, and it's not. And so rough around the edges, but I think they'll score a relatively meaningless touchdown at the end because Diaz will run up the score, and it'll be closer than 11, but it'll be 11. Well, how is it that do you believe uh, that they can rack up almost 400 yards rushing and not blow out UAB? Well, yeah, I know. Uh, and, and because their receivers didn't play a good game either. You know, this guy Pope and, and Wiggins, and, and uh, so King couldn't get him the ball because he was running a lot. It's an entirely different set of skills than what we're used to. Could you imagine years ago with Toretta and Kosar and uh, Erickson and all of those guys that we would have a running quarterback uh, for a year only, and and that you know that's the problem with the transfer portal. I'm already projecting this guy is going to have a great season, but then it's over. But listen, I'd rather have him for one year than not at all. So uh, watch for Dear King to light it up. You heard it here. I like him a lot, and I just I, I want to see if there's is poised on the road. Uh, as everybody thinks they're going to be because they have King. Because the Canes on the road the last few years, to me, have been an utter disaster. Listen, I love the Canes until I'm dead, but I'm realistic about them. You can't deny, and I got a break, but they were just atrocious and have been atrocious for years, and I'm just waiting for it to all end. All right, uh, Pharrell on the bench with Rick Haro, our sports business and legal insider. Let's um, get down to business now on uh, the top tech. So Kaepernick's likeness will be uh, featured in EA Sports Madden for the first time since 2016. Um, and, and tell me about the, the situation with him because uh, he's, you know, 
he's still getting like endorsement deals and making fat money. Don't even tell me he's not. Uh, you, you don't do that gig and not get paid a lot of money. And then, well, uh, but but let me ask you. So he's also at the same time buffering uh, the whole uh, blaming the NFL for blackballing Eric Reed, and uh, that and there's people that are mad that they're showing his likeness kneeling now that the NFL is manipulating that situation and using it to their own benefit uh, from four years ago. It, how do you feel about the whole scenario with him? The whole scenario is a little bit. Um... Uh, unsavory, um, and, and not because of him, but but just because of the circumstances as well. You know, I, I still maybe I'm being naive about this, but you know we're now in the second game of the NFL season. And, uh, even with baggage, they would have signed him. I, I know that's kind of short-sighted, but listen, he's the top free agent quarterback in Madden 21. That's not a scouting service. Clearly, it's a video game, but he's got an 81 overall rating that places him among the elite quarterbacks. Uh, in the uh, uh, 111 total quarterbacks. Um, so the, the, the bottom line is that they're using his likeness and they still think there's some value to it. It's a $200 billion industry, the video game industry. And so the idea that Nike and others are funding his uh, movement and his image is great. And he spawned a lot of this. So he should be given credit as the father of the movement. Um, I, I think at this point, uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, good or bad. So just, uh, you know, let's let the, uh, the issues kind of percolate. Let's see what happens during the regular season. And, uh, again, there might be some teams that are looking. I know his workout last, uh, what was it, a year and a half ago, was, was really unfortunate the way it was handled. And we'll see if he lasts the season unsigned. So you think that uh, if there's uh, an opening and there's injuries, that he'll get a call? Well, he's he's at he's at, um, near or on the top of everybody's list. It's just a question of do people want to deal with the with the baggage, and uh, and uh, you know, listen, he he was a Super Bowl quarterback, so you know, it's not as if he doesn't have any skills. But three years ago, four years ago, so. You know, it's kind of hard for people to come back. Uh, look at Alden Smith. He's playing uh, after four years of not being in the NFL, but being a, a defensive uh, pass rusher is a lot different than being a quarterback. So uh, the it's a quick answer or a long answer to tell you I don't know because I'm not sure um, his, you know, uh, uh, causing some controversy against how good he is. Where is that ratio? And, uh, and, uh, and, and you know, is anybody going to need him that badly? Do you think, uh, well, first of all, do you think Stephen Ross, if something happened to Fitzmagic and they, they were sitting there with Tua Tagovailoa, do you think that he would call uh, Colin Kaepernick to come in uh, to the Dolphins? And, and frankly, there's, you know, a lot of teams, like as far as I'm concerned, this, this McCown guy having a, a, a job at his age, and then uh, like Trevor Simeon. Listen, no offense to Trevor, but it, it that guy, he's just trash. And he got a job in five minutes. And there are so many hack quarterbacks in that league that are third string and on the practice squads. It's embarrassing. Like that, 
that literally like, I mean, 60% of them aren't as good as Kaepernick. So, I mean, that's, that's just off the top of my head. Like I could go down the list and you'd be uh, enthralled with the list A to Z of hack quarterbacks that are in this league that, you know, there's star quarterbacks that are the starters. And then it goes downhill really fast. Rick, would your boy, uh, Steve Ross, your friend, would he call him? Do you believe? Well, you know, he certainly, I, I, I certainly don't think that he would put any of the kind of uh, uh, injustice or, or, or uh, his, his uh, off-field stance as an impediment to signing him. I, I know Steve and I know his, his rise organization. That wouldn't be the issue. The issue would be, you know, if something happens to Fitzpatrick, is it time to bring, you know, Tua quickly to the fold? And then, you know, who's your third-string quarterback? Don't know right now. Uh, then we would all, have all lamented getting rid of Josh Rosen. But I'm not sure you bring Kaepernick in when you have uh, Tua you know, ready to go. Uh, that that's a different situation. Are there a lot of teams around where Tua is, you know, one injury away? Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Kaepernick, one injury away from from being the answer. Depends on the circumstance. So, you know, you're right. Are there a lot of quarterbacks who who aren't as good as as where Kaepernick was four years ago? To be sure. Today, who knows? I, I think they're afraid to play uh, to uh, I think Flores is scared to death to play him. And I think that's a mistake. Ad revenue dropped 36 percent in the U.S. due to the covid pandemic, according to the standard media index report. What's that all about? Well, here's the thing. Um, everybody says that TV's ad re- revenue is dropping. We know that uh, streaming is up. We know that us old guys are streaming now. The numbers are amazing. People wouldn't even look at streaming uh, numbers years ago uh, for the people that bought product, us, you know, 55 years and older, but it is happening. And as a result, regular season NFL games, by the way, they're selling ads between 640 grand and 800 grand for 30 second spots on the 19 NFL windows and $762 million in ad sale revenues from last year. And some say it might even be more this year. Why? Because people are watching more. We now have people watching and 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 and, and uh, figuring out how to measure it, bars, hotels, restaurants, and all of that. And so we have a lot more value with the ads. And I think it's going up, uh, not only in basketball, in football, but basketball as well. So good, good for good for the industry. Tell me about the uh, Bud Light Showtime Cam. Yeah, it's the first of its kind. It's a camera granting NFL fans, uh, uh, you know, kind of inside. Uh, not only the, the the locker rooms, but a combination of of different camera angles as well. Um, it was uh, debuted on Thursday night. It's just an example of the kind of content that you have to have uh, special for uh, people who are kind of upset because they can't get into the stadiums. So you have access to locker rooms. You have people mic'd up during the games. Uh, a lot of coaches are upset because they don't want to give anybody competitive advantages. But this year is a special year, and you got to be able to do it. So Yahoo Sports, even though uh, we're still separated, NFL games are now uh, watched together. What is that about? A lot of people are watching the games now with Yahoo's app where they let three people watch live, local, and primetime NFL games on their mobile device, and they get to communicate together three today. It's going to be many, many more over time. The NFL is a launch partner on this, Verizon Media as well. So think of it as kind of a Zoom call watching NFL games live. Hey, listen, when I watch games, I don't want anybody near me. I just want to watch it. But there are a lot of people who will watch games 
who go to the stadium together and remember what it's like to do that, and they want to watch with their brethren who went to the games with them, and now they get a chance. I watch the Red Zone channel uh, more than I even uh, speak with my family. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, that's that's nothing new. From 1 to what, 11 o'clock on Sunday night? I'm not calling anybody. Are you? You're not calling anybody. No, I'm not. And I just think that's the greatest thing uh, ever invented, including more important than the uh, airplane, the automobile, and the Edson diesel. I think that channel the is the greatest thing. Uh, also, the the radio doesn't even fall into the same uh, category, actually. Okay. Uh, the good. NBA. Arrow, bow and arrow. Fire. Fire. Fire was, you know, uh, long before Christ, there was fire. Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't realize that. I thought Christ came first before fire. Oh, my God. What what are we doing? Here we go. Cavemen cavemen were sparking fires and heating uh, their their liquids. (laughs) The NBA has hit 50 million followers on Instagram. That's impressive, isn't it? I love the NBA, even though the refs are terrible. Yeah, right. Pharrell on history. So it's the first sports league to hit the 50 million Instagram number. Just think about that number. Uh, in June 2020, uh, La Liga was at 7.2 million. Barcelona was near it, but nowhere near the NBA's new 9 million Instagram followers who have been at home and want to look at it. And so the bottom line is the NBA understands that social media drives the deal and now if you can combine social media with actually live content you're in really good shape how did you uh now with the sports five real quick uh how did you like the u.s open i like that dom uh team kid from austria i think he's a great player i thought it was great to see someone new win instead of uh the big three i'm sick and tired of those guys winning every uh slam yeah i i agree but but now let's get back to them uh, one of them winning the french uh the French is always one where you have uh, Nadal playing somebody nobody's heard of. So, you know, let's get back and have one of the big three win. I, I thought Team and Zverev, the match was unbelievable, unbelievable. And the same thing on the women's side. So, you know, going to a tiebreaker in the fifth set, and if they were playing the French, they'd still be playing. So what happened with the uh, Rams and rapper Watts raised uh, activist Sticks? I don't even know who that is. Well, I don't either, but that's okay because they're raising money for, uh, you know, dollars, and they had a big event that they had promoted. Uh, the Rams focused on keeping community, local grassroots happening. He's a, a rapper who uh, knows Los Angeles, and it's good that he's part of the deal that's raising money for the community during the pandemic, and they did it at SoFi, even though they had no fans. It's a beautiful stadium, and it's really unfortunate that they had the game on Sunday night and get used to it. Same with Allegiant Stadium this next week. You're going to have two beautiful stadiums open and no fans inside. Well, I think eventually uh, the fans will come back, and I think that the SoFi will be there for you know the next 20 years, 25 years at least, and it's an incredible facility, and it's going to be for more than certainly just football. They're going to have the Olympics there. I think it'll be an incredible thing. What are the Vikings doing with uh, their initiatives and money toward um, – uh, you know, everything that's going on there with social justice issues. Yeah, a million dollars for multiple initiatives three um, months after 
the Wilfs, their ownership, pledged five million for social justice causes throughout the United States. And so the Vikings, before the game against the Packers, they uh, had a big uh, event, uh, rock, rock the Vote. They're trying to raise significant dollars, obviously. The Malcolm Floyd uh, tragedy took place about five or six blocks outside of U.S. Bank Stadium, and they honored it the way they saw fit and raised a lot of money in the process, which is really good. So um, let me just say, the Big Ten, I think, swung and missed tonight. Uh, but you never know. Uh, with the Game 1 and Game 7 going on and the hockey game going on, I actually think tomorrow there's just baseball. So maybe tomorrow the Big Ten will announce their uh, plans for football. I have 40 seconds, respectfully, Rick. Yeah. Well, listen, swinging and missing and not having a press conference are, are probably uh, two different things. Uh, I, I know Kevin Warren has been uh, deluged uh, as he started his tenure as Big Ten commissioner. And if they start the plan to play eight games and it's October and then they sync up with the playoffs, and the big issue is going to be if a team goes 8-0, uh, like Ohio State, uh, will they get the nod in the playoff? Against a team or with a team that's maybe twelve and one that doesn't, or eleven and one that doesn't, or ten and one. All of these questions are big questions, but during a pandemic time, you got to give some flexibility to it. And it's good that they're feeling the pressure because it'll be fun to see Big Ten football. And you predict it's going to be announced tomorrow. You got to. all right. So uh, I have to tell you, uh, Rick. Good stuff. Thank you. Uh, we got to go. They're in overtime, and it looks like the uh, Lightning will not uh, score on that long power play they had. Thanks, Rick. on a bench. Carver uh, High knows uh, uh, Mavi about that stuff way more than I do, right? Like, he's still uh, up on that stuff, and I'm not up on it, so I could care less. I don't get involved. And he knows everything, so um, he tells me that kind of stuff. I don't go looking for it. Trust me. You know me. I I could care less. But anyway, here's the deal. The Lightning had a three-minute power play, because they had a four-minute double minor with the high stick, and blood. So then they that they had a minute and fifteen in the in the end of the third period. They couldn't score. Then they go to the overtime. They had three minutes, and they couldn't score. So uh, I think that's a huge development for the Islanders. I mean, against that team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best team in hockey, without a doubt, that they couldn't score in four minutes uh, speaks volumes as to how well the Islanders are playing tonight, playing for their lives. You know what I mean? They're just playing for their lives and they're just, um, you know, busting tail to get this win and force a game six. Uh, They got to win three games in a row. They have to win uh, games uh, five tonight, game six and game seven if they're going to win the series. And I just cannot see that happening personally, nor did I see it happening with uh, Vegas. And I had Dallas last night and I won you money there as well. Just like I won you money uh, with Tampa in this series. I've hit the, uh, not only did I hit the three Tampa wins, I also hit the uh, Islander win. I called that game too. So I have been fire. 
So we've got another hour. Alex Solano will join us. Heat win from Miami and QAM tonight. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.